Despite complaining about financial challenges during the COVID pandemic, new records show that CBC has 144 corporate directors making salaries of over six figures annually. In response to Meta's decision to remove Canadian news content, the Montreal Gazette announced that its reporters will boycott the tech giant for one whole day. Environment Minister Stephen Gilbo has been ordered by a federal court judge to unblock Ezra Levant on X, formerly known as Twitter. Hello Canada, it is Friday, September 15th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Andrew Lawton. And I'm William McBeth. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Canada's state broadcaster, CBC, now has 144 corporate directors making salaries of over six figures annually, not including expenses and bonus. This comes from access to information records obtained by Blacklock's reporter. There are 45 executive directors in French language services, 41 in English language radio and television, 25 in technology, and 10 in legal services. The average director salary is about $135,000 a year before expenses. In April of 2021, however, CBC sent out a briefing note talking about all the immense financial pressures it was finding itself under. They have nevertheless found a way to offer up $156.3 million in raises during the pandemic. This also comes from access to information records. And just for those keeping a tally at home, the CBC receives about $1.2 billion annually from Canadian taxpayers. William, this is obviously not including on-air talent, many of whom would be making significant amounts of money. There are perhaps some other executives there. You know, CBC has always been able to get away with doing stuff that the private sector simply can't. And this just looks like another example of that. You know, it's funny, Andrew, oftentimes people say they get $1.2 billion a year. Where do they spend all of that money? Well, apparently they spend it all on corporate directors or at least a sizable chunk of it. If you ran a private sector business like CBC, you would not be in business more than I would say a few weeks before you just ran out of cash. Oh, you're absolutely right about that. And and for them to basically be offering up raises during the pandemic when a lot of companies, media and otherwise, had to pull back, and I think in general the media industry in Canada has had a, a bit of a rough go for the last few years and continues to be in decline, there's a real question that I think should be being asked by the big private sector media companies. I mean, the, the Facebooks and Googles of the world have been the ones getting the ire of the media companies, but they should really be saying to CBC, why are they eating our lunch so continuously? And we don't actually hear that from Post Media and the Globe and Mail and CTV, do we? No, you're absolutely right. And in many ways, CBC directly competes with private sector media, and they do so with the unfair advantage of almost unlimited funding. In my previous life, I used to organize events for some politicians, and we would uh, we put out a media advisory and say, come on down, cover our event, cover this speech. You get one person from Global, one person from uh, CTV, and you get four people from CBC French just to cover the same event. So that shows you the kind of unfair advantage these people have when stacked up against their private sector counterparts. 
The Montreal Gazette has announced that its reporters will boycott Meta on Friday for one day in protest of the tech company's decision to remove news content from its social media platforms, Facebook and Instagram. Now, Meta removed Canadian news content in response to the Online News Act, a Trudeau government law that forces Meta and Google to pay news organizations for content posted on their platforms. The Gazette's reporters will be joined in their boycott by several other Quebec journalists, as well as by Quebec City Mayor Bruno Marchand and Longoy Mayor Catherine Fournier. The Montreal Gazette worries that if legacy media outlets aren't compensated for the content that they post freely on Meta's platforms, they not only run the risk of closure, but that a sea of misinformation and disinformation will assume their place. So, Andrew, the first question I think most of us would wonder is, do you think a one-day boycott will even be noticed by Meta? Or do you think it will just disappear into the sea of the fact that Meta has tens of millions, hundreds of millions of other people still using it on a very regular basis? Well, not only that, but the whole point of this is that Meta has already preemptively blocked a lot of media, most media in Canada, from sharing their content in response to Bill C-18. So the people boycotting are people that are probably already having trouble getting their content seen by people. So it's really the epitome of you can't fire me, I quit, when they were already fired like three months ago. You know, it's interesting that the cited reason for it is they're worried that if there isn't, I guess, Canadian news and media, if, if we don't get the official points out there, there'll be quote unquote misinformation and disinformation. But maybe it's just my, my view. To me, it seems the number one source of misinformation and disinformation these days is government, particularly the federal government seems to be putting out an awful lot of it. And the mainstream media, the legacy media are just reporting that misinformation as fact. So are, are, do you think that the real threat comes from groups like us, groups or like groups like uh, other independent media putting out quote-unquote disinformation? Or do you think the bigger problem is we have a government that's addicted to not telling the truth all the time? Well, that's certainly a perennial aspect, but I think it's compounded by the fact that you have media that have been getting less and less skeptical or less and less willing to challenge that. And, and look, at True North, we've reported extensively on the problems with the government's bailout of the media industry. And I think from a taxpayer perspective, that's a problem. But if you go beyond that, it's just a problem for trust in media, because how can a, a media environment and a media industry be holding to the government, be effectively counted on to hold that government to account, either on the bail out itself or on anything else. And that's really what's happened here. So yes, there's been a decline in media and obviously it's made for some very tough decisions and tough reallocations of resources, but the content itself has been in decline independently of the staffing issues in the press. Well, it's a good thing we're here really then. <laughs> Absolutely. And there's a bit of a benefit in not being beholden to the government. I mean, ultimately, though, we basically see this uh, tech standoff between the legacy media and the tech companies when we're looking at the government and saying, uh, these guys are the ones who did this, not Facebook. I hope that we get this issue with Facebook and Google resolved relatively soon. Of course, True North relies on uh, digital tools like both of them to get out. But I don't think it's uh, the job of the government to keep us floating, to keep paying our bills. I think that's the job of people who believe in the work we're doing. And for that, we're very grateful for the people we have. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. 
Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Speaking of social media, Environment Minister Stephen Gilboa has been ordered by a federal court judge to unblock Ezra Levant. On social media, Ezra Levant is the founder of Rebel News. He had received not that long ago a block on his X account, formerly Twitter, from Stephen Gilbo. But under the terms of the federal court order, Gilbo must unblock Ezra Levant and keep him unblocked for so long as he remains a member of parliament. This was an order from Justice Russell Zinn, who also is requiring the federal government to pay Rebel's legal fees to the tune of $20,000. This suit was filed two years ago, alleging that Gilbo's block was in violation of the Charter right to freedom of expression and press freedom for Levant. The main issue was whether Gilbo's ex-account constituted a personal social media account or an official government account. The Treasury Board Secretariat filed an affidavit claiming it was not an official government account and it was actually a personal account, but in court, Levant's team argued that the account operated and looked exactly like an official government account and therefore its content should be public in nature. The court concluded that one's freedom of expression does in fact include the derivative right to access government information in areas necessary for meaningful expression. Now, I can't imagine spending two years and tens of thousands of dollars to want to see Gilbo's tweets, uh, generally speaking, but there is an important principle at the root of this. No, I think you're right. I mean, personally, I, I could stand to not have more Stephen Gilbo in my life and I would be, I think, pretty well fine. But the idea that government uh, ministers can block someone because they don't like their politics is a dangerous route to set. I think uh, Ezra Levant made a good point saying, if you're going to use your Twitter account as a conduit to deliver government messaging, uh, especially now that they've blocked a lot of news from being delivered over Facebook and Instagram, then you have to be open to everyone, even if they're people that you don't particularly agree with or whose politics you support. And I think that was proven in the court case. And to put a bit of a finer point on this, it was Stephen Gilbo who ironically last week was complaining in Quebec City that the Liberals were not allowed into the Conservative Convention, that they had been blocked from seeing what was going on, you might say. And then you fast forward to this week, and the very same Liberals have blocked True North, which is a, a long-standing media organization in Canada, from attending its caucus retreat in my own city of London, Ontario. So uh, what do you make of all of this? A bit of doublespeak from the Liberals? Well, I think, of course, it's outrageous that you weren't allowed to cover a government event. I mean, there's probably some argument to be made that a political party's convention, they can decide who's allowed in, who's allowed out. And if you're a liberal cabinet minister, you're probably not at that convention with any good faith intent. But certainly a liberal caucus meeting, which is a government event where important decisions are made, where key stakeholders, ministers are going to be present. It's outrageous that they wouldn't allow media like you, Andrew, to be there to report on the information that's happening. So I'm hoping that the series of legal defeats this government has experienced when it comes to blocking reporters from key government events would lead them to change their behavior. However, knowing this government, I'm not that optimistic. 
That's it for today, folks. Don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And also share our work with your friends, neighbors, family members, and depending on your relationship with them, maybe your co-workers. But if you get fired, it's not on us. If you're able, please support independent media at donate.tnc.news.